Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet. Where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine. To become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome. On today's show, we have Param Ghee. She has worked with the Osho Media in writing articles in 2012 and 2013. You can find her at www.oshomedia.com. Hello, welcome to the show, Paran. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, Erin. Thanks for having me today. What got you interested in Osho? Well, I, uh, you know, like many people, I, I grew up in Christianity uh, as a child. I had a really deep love of Jesus, and but was also really spellbound by the full moon. I love nature. I love spending time outside. And at, at when I was about 13, I, I realized that the church, it just seemed way off. Uh, I wondered why there were no jokes in the Bible. And I wondered why churchgoers, uh, they, they seemed so nice on Sunday, but they weren't nice the rest of the week. So church, uh, the Christian church and I, we just, we, it didn't feel right to me. Um, but I have always had a dancing spirit. I've always felt the full moon. And in my 20s, I was very much into dance. And in my 30s, I got into yoga and meditation and just kept going with depth psychology and uh, transpersonal healing kinds of trainings. Uh, but then I discovered Osho. In, in reading Osho, uh, he was just the most brilliant uh, thinker I've ever come across. And I, I've read all the grades. But Osho was the quantum leap ahead of everyone else. And he also seems to synthesize many bodies of knowledge. Uh, he, his personal library was well over 100,000 books, and he's so brilliant that he can distill the problem and the solution to the human suffering into the matter of words. And it seems to me like it always comes down to ego versus awareness and how do we submit that ego uh, to the greater forces of God so that we can become more aware and more loving. But I Osho is it's amazing. He has over, I think, over 650 books of his Osho discourses. Um, so I could spend many, many lifetimes studying him and reading him and not, not never get to the bottom of Osho. Um, people say Osho is inexhaustible and, and that's Seems, really seems to be true. Yeah. Did you ever get a chance to meet him in person? I I wanted I want to make a little joke here. Technically, no, I didn't get to meet Osho in his body. But the reality is, I get to meet Osho every time I close my eyes in meditation. And to me, uh, Osho is chronically alive. Uh, in, the, in the same sense of the Holy Spirit is alive in all of us, in the same sense that all of the enlightened ones are alive and available to us chronically, if your heart is sincere, if you can uh, let go of the mind for a little while through dance, celebration, and joy, and freedom, 
then the, the enlightened masters are really available for us energetically. So technically no in a body, but yes, every time I close my eyes in meditation, uh, I feel like I am meeting Osho. What kind of meditation do you do? Sorry? What kind of meditation do you do? Uh, Osho has many uh, uh, meditations that are either active meditations or passive meditations. Uh, my favorite ones are the the active meditations in freeform dance and sound. Uh, Osho Dynamic is a very good cathartic uh, meditation with using freeform movement chaotic breathing and catharsis, emotional catharsis, and then um, a section for stillness and just witnessing the mind. I also love Bosho uh, Nataraj. It's a wonderful uh, meditation for coming out of uh, the, the tradition of Lord Shiva where we're really stepping on our ego. We're, we're trying to get control of our ego and, and dance our way to releasing that ego and it's a wonderful active meditation to do before you sleep sleep great after these meditations i see you do and as a for as someone who danced before and you get to dance in spirit how does those feel in you uh, i i feel like uh, I, I, doing osho meditation is like going through the spiritual car wash for me it's like you 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 really breathe deeply, you oxygenate, your muscles are moving. In the freeform dance, your mind doesn't have a chance to intervene once you get going. It's really a no mind state where your spirit takes over and you can just dance in a non-repetitive way uh, into the sense of, of feeling new and fresh. It was great. I say it does. And what kind of dance were you practicing at the time? Um, early on, I was practicing uh, <laughs> modern dance and jazz dance. And in the dance world, uh, you really have to start early in life. And I, I didn't start early enough with training in my life to go into professional dancing. But there was this longing in me to dance. And... Um, thanks to the Osho path, I found a way that I could keep dancing uh, in a way that was really meaningful and healthy for me. When you dance, is it dance like form of like uh, something like jazz dance or ballet, or is it just um, free 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 flowing energy dance? Uh, the, in the Osho meditations, it's just free flowing movement, whatever whatever arises. And then it seems like whatever is repressed or suppressed in the unconscious kind of tends to work itself out. Um, if we have anger at our parents or disapproval syndrome by somebody, that can arise and then you can witness it, you can feel it, and then you can heal it. And then after those, those kinds of experiences, then we're no longer carrying the burden of whatever the, the contents were that were hurting us or, or squashing us down. Why do you think that happens? Is it just because of the chemical release in the body? Well, um, I think that, you know, the, 
the way we grow up in society is we're very conditioned to be a certain way and from an early age we're we're taught uh, that it's not okay to be sad it's not okay to be angry and parents teachers church government are always trying to make individuals fit into a certain groove and as children many times it's not healthy in a family situation to express what we really need and so we start stuffing stuffing our anger stuffing our rage so we don't upset the system and OSHA is one very safe path for how how you can kind of uh, take the lid off a little bit at a time and, and clear out that suppression yeah which is pretty special to do um with um <clears throat> excuse me when you mentioned that uh, when you meditate Osho appears to you um does do you think this is special to you that he appears every time when you sit down and uh, quiet your mind well it's more a um when i say when i close my eyes he's there it's, it's more a of a feeling of feeling um fast loving energy in my heart and and we all have it so it's it's not just me, but we all have it when we can find a way to get really still and quiet and be in touch with our breathing and focus on the heart area. In that way, the oceanic love energy is always present for all of us. So, so I've just I've just meditated a lot. So I'm I'm very fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fortunate. Yeah, probably uh, dancing and and singing through the ocean and other things that connect the ocean. It's probably just pure divine love, I'd say. That's yes, I, I would say that's that's the best way to describe it. It's it's a divine love, yeah. And um, uh, do you practice this meditation on an hourly basis or a daily basis or a weekly basis? Yeah, I I um I go through phases. Um, there was one year where I did uh, the Osho Nataraj dance every, I think I did it every night for a whole year, and I really saw my transformation was happening very quickly. Um, but there are times when I get in a slump, and I might just go out walking on the trail or go swimming in the lake. Um, so I try to honor, without being lazy, I try to honor whatever is really moving in me. And many times, you know, the ego, the ego makes the project of, I want to hurry up and get enlightened, so I'm going to do this extreme, extreme lifestyle. When in fact, it's more loving to say, we're on an eternal journey, you know, we don't have to rush it. And if I want to eat cookies all day today, maybe that's, (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's what I'll do for a day. But I'm, I'm trying to respect my deep rhythms to um, to not push myself to go too fast. Um, as somebody who does like to to go for it, you know, I, I try to really listen to myself in a loving way. It must be difficult to uh, understand your your rhythm and the world's rhythm and trying to collide them together to uh, be in balance. Erin, that's um, to me that that's the the most critical question for 
uh, all seekers and meditators on the path is that when we turn within, we have access to the deluxe keys and divine love. When we open our eyes and look at the world, it's a very insane, violent, greedy place. And that, that disconnect is the, the hardest thing for me to manage. And yet Osho, Osho strongly promotes Sorba the Buddha. You know, anybody can run to the Himalayas and, and hide out in a cave. Um, that's definitely my tendency because I love peace and stillness. But uh, Osho, Osho really encourages us to be in the marketplace, to be empowered and bring our awareness into the marketplace, into the work scenario, into the business scenario, so that we're, we're living in totality, you know. Uh, it's easy to escape, it's more challenging to be right there in, in, in the, the toxic work environment holding your truth. So, so uh, that, that's the practice, is to just try to live that edge. And uh, Osho really talks about when, when you go out into the marketplace, when you go out into the world and business, just enjoy it in the same way as an actor, as an actor meeting other actors, you know, and and make it non-serious and, and make it playful, and, and then it it is more enjoyable, really. We yeah, we all want to go to run to the Himalayas because we can run away from our our troubles, and it makes complete sense coming to the the, the marketplace to instead of run away, run into it. Yeah, yeah, we need it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and um, as as someone who is practicing Osho's meditation, what is your work, your workplace? Well, this is you're asking how is my workplace? No, I'm, I'm saying how can you how how are you able to be able to do all the the meditation and, and spiritual stuff relating to Osho? Can you apply it to what you do on a, a work basis or a daily basis? Oh yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I, uh, I I'm a writer, and I help people uh, raise money. And uh, so I I'm, I'm fortunate because I get to work at home, which I really love. Um, but I I apply also uh, things that I've learned through being really aware and authentic. And I think that's what people appreciate out in the marketplace of the business. Business world is uh, people like authenticity. And so when we're communicating, it's, it's just easier to be ourselves and, you know, uh, not, not kind of come from any certain kind of corporate um, persona, but just to be yourself. I think uh, the, I think these practices have, have empowered me that way to just be myself, be natural. In doing what you do, do you feel like you are connected with the soul to create the masterpieces as you do? Oh, I love, I love that question. Um, yeah, I I feel like um, uh, our creativity is is an innate expression of our godliness or bad qualities and so uh, when I create something I always it comes back to listening to the God within or listening 
to just a higher, either a higher or a deeper realm uh, of wholeness. And I find that, you know, typically what happens is, is when I start writing something or creating something, when I want to create a from wholeness, things almost just write themselves. And that's really, really exciting to me. And, and we all have access to that creativity, you know? It's, it's a very, um, it's a self-replenishing, creative soul that we all have. And it's really exciting to tap into it. What makes it so exciting for you to tap into? It's a, it's a feeling of flow. It's a feeling of being uh, connected to a divine source. And honestly, when I'm, when I'm writing something and I'm feeling very inspired, it's almost like I, I just look down at my hands and my hands are typing really fast. And it's kind of a state of no mind. I just feel plugged in and I don't know where the words are coming from, but they're, they're there. And um, for artists, um, people who are creative, they know how, how high and, and, and ecstatic that feels to just be plugged into source. And it's a feeling that things are already created whole, we just have to write it down. You know, or, or painters say it's already exists, we just have to paint it. Um, it's a feeling of being connected. As, as someone who's finished writing, you're going back and uh, rereading as a, to edit or to finalize the, the work that you've done. Do you kind of think this no mind brings us to this point of like, wow, this amazing masterpiece? <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of go through uh, cycles of my writing um, it, where, where I might write an essay or something for Osho World or Osho News. Uh, and I go back and read it, uh, say they, they publish it, and then I go back and read it a few months later, and I go, I, I think, God, did I write that? You know, it's a feeling like, wow, that's, that's, I really like the way that sounds. Did I really write that? And, and it doesn't happen all the time, but there are just some times when, when I can tell that that energy that was writing through me is, is connected to divine. And so it means a lot to me when I, when people email me from around the world, um, saying, you know, that they connected to this, that essay, because it, it just, it, it just makes my day because we're all connected in the, in the oneness and someone's reflecting that back to me. So um, it's really, really fun. I, I, I say it is and of all the essays you wrote, which is your favorite? Oh, um, let me see. Well, I think I, I kind of fall in love with my essays at, you know, uh, different ones at different times. But the one that I, I went back to recently is my 21-day uh, diary of Mystic Rose Therapy that I did in Nepal at Osho Tapaban, this wonderful wonderful ashram in Kathmandu called Osho Tapaban. And there's the active Osho Samadhi there. His remains are there. 
and it's a very strong Buddha field of very committed people. It's led by Swami Anandarun from Nepal. And I wrote about Mystic Rose 21 Day Therapy because I had never seen anybody keep a diary before of their Mystic Rose uh, journey. And uh, Mystic Rose Therapy is uh, called Osho's Finest Therapy. I think it was maybe his last therapy that he created before he left his body in 1991. Um, but it is an amazing three-week transpersonal journey. The first week is three hours of laughter a day. The second week is three hours of crying a day. And then the third week is three hours of witnessing a day. And so when you're in an active Buddha field, just meaning people who are longtime meditators, very mature, very devoted, and Osho's sacred remains are there, the vibration is very high, and uh, my passion would be to see Mystic Rose Therapy offered in the USA. We, we all really, really need it, and um, I got so much out of it that, that writing that diary was, was really magic for me. It must be hard trying to laugh for three hours and cry for three hours and observe for three hours. <laughs> It's physically very, very demanding, yeah. But because it's um, it's a meditation that was designed by the master, something happens. Something irrational happens. That when you go in the room, we had uh, when I was in at Osho Tapaban, we had twenty six people from all over the world, total strangers. But the way it's set up. It's energetically prepared by the master, and it's easy. It's easy to laugh for three hours. It's exhausting, but it's easy. And the the day that uh, the first day of crying, uh, that where we went into the darkened room to cry, I thought, oh, you know, I'm feeling great. I have nothing to cry about. But as soon as the meditation started, I was wailing. Everyone was wailing from their souls and crying. And remembering past lives, uh, healing those unhealable places, you know, that are so dark and down. And um, it's just, it's just heaven. Osho Tapapan is heaven to me. After, so. after doing the, the three hours of laughter, the three hours of crying, three hours, three hours of observing, what did you, what did it, enhance your life on a holistic aspect? Well, it, on some, it worked on me on so many levels. Um, physically, I dropped, oh gosh, I think I dropped four or five dress sizes. So I went over there really fat, and all of a sudden, within 21 days, I was slender. I went over very depressed, and I came back very, very light and happy. And uh, before I did Mystic Growth Therapy, I felt lost. I felt uh, grief-stricken grief about a relationship. And then by the time it was over, I felt confident and I felt really on track in my life. So um, it's, it's 
the ultimate uh, practical healer. You know, I tell I tell people don't 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 get into psychotherapy and drugs. Just go do mystic growth therapy once a year. You know, and it's, it's physically demanding, but well, well worth it. And is that where the name Mystic Rose came from, or was it to come from something different? Uh, that was, um, I believe that was Osho's name that he gave it, Mystic Rose Therapy. And, and then in, you know, in Western civilization and Christendom and all that, uh, the Mystic Rose is the Holy Spirit and um, the Holy Mother in that tradition, and I think it even even predates Christianity. Um, but I'd have to I'd have to research that more. That's perfectly fine. It's a good it's a good analogy to use as to talking about the Divine Mother and uh, the Holy Spirit, where it's Mystic Rose. It's a cool little analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's there's something something magic that kicks on for the participants, you know. It's a healing force, and, and different cultures have different needs for it, you know. It's very, very powerful. Yeah, it, it sure is. And being with Osho for a long time and practicing his meditations and other things that he does, you you kind of incorporated your, your mindset and environment around the Indian culture, or not? Well, you know, that's a great question because I grew up in the Midwest in a Baptist country, but when I was uh, a young girl, I saw a National Geographic cover with a uh, Indian yogi uh, doing yoga on the front cover of National Geographic, and I just knew I was connected to India. And um, in my early days, I studied um, Kundalini yoga in the tradition of Yogi Bhajan. And then I had the grace, total grace, of meeting Alma Sri Kurunamayi uh, in year 2000. And uh, I've had the, the sole privilege of spending a lot of time with, with Sri Kurunamayi in her uh, sacred fire ceremonies that she brings to the USA every year. And people always say, Is that the hugging Alma? And I say, no, it's the other Alma. It's the um, Alma. My Alma is the incarnation of the goddess of Saraswati. And she's an amazing divine mother of India. And everything that she talks about, I just, I just understood. And so I must have a past life connection with India. Um, and then also, Bishop comes out of India, but he, he transcends all religions, you know. Um, and he, he just wants people to be free and unconditioned and, and be aware. So Osho's path is almost more like a secular meditation. Uh, it's, it transcends religion. But I definitely feel my roots in India. Um, and I, I love I love the culture of India very very much and the music of India is incredible. Why do you think it's it has this uh, connection inside you? Um, I I think that that it it's probably from a past life. Um, I think I've 
the, the, the Indian, uh, the Hindu mantras and the uh, sacred texts, like the Upanishads and uh, the sutras, Shiva sutras and the sutras of Patanjali, they all sound like they make sense to me. They make more sense to me than, say, if I'm reading the Old Testament. I, I just feel connected and um, I remember in college I was reading uh, the Upanishads and, and they were talking about the, the self as the golden effulgence uh, that we all have. And I, I just remember thinking, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the words, I like the poetry. And I, I like that the Hindu religion was not connected to a, a Christ suffering on the cross because that the Christ image on the cross is a, a very painful image that drives our culture. And, you know, I always wanted to see uh, Jesus dancing and happy. I, uh, seeing him suffer on the cross was just too much for me as a child. I, I, I could not imagine that kind of suffering as a child. We all want to dance. Sorry, you were going to say? Oh, it's never really explained to kids either, you know, how horrific it, it is to the kids' minds. Sunday school teachers don't really explain what, you know, what's going on there. And, and we all get imprinted with that heavy violence at an early age, and I don't think it's healthy. Um, yeah, and we all want to see our you know, divine incarnations dancing in whatever uh, form you want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you saw this, but how I came across Osha was he has a YouTube video where he's talking about the F word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your first exposure? Yeah, that was my first exposure. <laughs> Uh-huh. How was it? What did you think? I, I just laughed out loud and thinking, why is this uh, this guy describing about, you know, the spirituality and he's using the F word, but you look at other people, it's like, no, it's 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 abandoned from from whatever we do. So uh, you know Oh, that's great. That is just great. Yeah. That's that's quite the introduction here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With Osho, everything's a device, you know, because there are millions of the pe- millions of people in the world that would take offense to that. And without witnessing their own mind reaction to that, you know, and and um, so that's really. I'm just happy that she had a good laugh out of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it- Tell us why you got interested and started writing for OSHA News and OSHA Worlds. Yes, um, well, I I think it was just a, a breeze of inspiration um, that when I spent time in Nepal at, at OSHA Tapaban, I, I just um, began writing these essays because I, I felt that many OSHA quotes were applicable to things that were happening in my life or in the life of others around me. And I just had this desire to share, an overwhelming desire to shout it from the rooftop that that um, 
this amazing enlightenment Osho is really for our generation and beyond to create the new humanity with his, with his vision. And I found things were happening synchronistically, like I would read an Osho book and, and then suddenly something was happening in my life that was reflecting Osho's words. And that, that prompted me to, to just keep writing a series of essays. And it's very enjoyable to write, too. Yeah, and out of all the essays, um, are you the main writer or the other writers in the organization or the, the, the website? Uh, I'm, def- I'm just a contributor. I'm, I'm not the, the main writer. Um, they have uh, uh, a body of writers and many um, inspired people write for Osho World and Osho News. And... Yeah, it's just uh, it's just kind of a group of people that that got together, and it's nice to have that outlet, you know. Yeah, it is. Um, and outside of writing for Osho and everything, um, do you fundraise for anybody or do any charity work as well? Well, I I um I try to do um freelance uh, work. I keep my freelance writing going. And then I try to try to choose good causes, you know, that, that need funding. And if I know of a funder that I can write to for them, then I'm very, very happy to do that. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But um, the power of asking is, is the real power. And um, it's, it's fun to see it. You know, when when I when I can help somebody or when I can make a connection uh, to a funder, it, it makes me feel wonderful. I feel great about my work. Yeah, it sounds like that your your writing and is your true tool to bring what your soul is to the world um, out. Yeah, yeah. I I always um, my little secret prayer is that I want to be a philanthropist for God. And to me, the next the next step is instead of me asking funders to support a cause, if I were just very wealthy, then I would just go ahead and write a check, and I could be God's philanthropist, you know. So I, I'm envisioning that that's in my future. That's that's my dream is to to really help spiritual causes uh, in an anonymous way, and and. Uh, to help our society get back on track. Um, you know, the, the other thing that I was thinking that, that I really wanted to say is, is that in the atmosphere of today's violence and terrorism, I really see meditation as the cure. And um, I think it's peace for our world is, is going to happen one person at a time as we make a commitment to doing a meditation or or the fast track is just to be more aware and, and have more control over of what we say and how we respond to people you know, yeah. given, given the world politics and uh, all of that it must be uh, a cool vision to have to be God's philanthropist <laughs> Can be fine. 
<laughs> you like that too. Would you like to do that too? It sounds like a good job title to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Well, hey, I'll, I'll put you on the list, okay? Uh, okay. <laughs> when it happens, when it happens, you will receive, I'm sure. I'm sure that yeah we'd love to know we'd love to hear what happens did he come up did he pop out of the sky and say param you know you gotta you gotta go back to the bank and get me 100 million you know i wish i could yeah yeah i it's like i know all the people in high places they just don't know me so i'm working on that you know i'm definitely working on that and as working on this, uh, this vision you have in your head, are you using affirmations and meditation to broaden out and make it into reality? You know, I go, I go back and forth about it because for years and years and years, I practiced affirmations. And then something would happen that it may or may not be what I was intending. And it's uh, funny, I, I recently read Osho on this topic and he says that you can use your mind to manifest just by focusing, but you can also know how not to do that and just allow existence to nourish you at a much higher holistic level. So in my current state, it's kind of a, I kind of a, I'm coming into a path of just total surrender to existence and trusting that whatever I need is provided. And I, I love Carolyn Mace so much, the, the amazing writer and speaker of New York, Carolyn Mace. And she says that all the great things that have ever happened to us, most of the great things that ever happened to us, we never had a hand in it. it they happened through grace. And when I go back over my life and I, I think of meeting, you know, my alma, Sri Krunamayi or, or uh, Swami Anandarun of Nepal or Swami Satyavidana, Dr. Sanjoshi of India, uh, meeting these great, great souls, it just happened. I could not have even imagined it. And because I couldn't imagine it, I, I couldn't even ask for this kind of grace. So, um, I mean, how do you feel? Do you feel like, are you using affirmations? Or are you more open? Uh, I'm open approach? All of the above, to be honest. All of the above? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you need to be all of the above. If you box yourself in, you can, you can not do damage, but you can kind of, some, sometimes it can work and sometimes it can't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, I've always been, you know, I'm telling God that I'm the boss. I've always tried to boss God around and that's so hilarious because it, it just doesn't work. And and so my, I think my most consistent prayer for 30 years is I ask God to use me for love and then a door opens or something new happens. And in that state of surrender, there's no tension in that, and it's just more comfortable. You know, it's just say, I'm here, use me for love, and then we see what happens. Saying something like that, there's probably some magical things that just pop out of nowhere that happens to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And when you surrender yourself, how does it feel internally? Well, I really love this question, David, because it's really important to be able to identify what is surrender and have I surrendered. And for me, becoming an Osho disciple was a state of surrendering my ego to into the unknown. And uh, which is the real cru- crucifixion, you know, linking it back to Christianity is that we're giving up some idea of ourselves to become something that we can't imagine. And uh, to me, surrender is a feeling in the heart of, I know that all these great people that have been my teachers in my lifetime, I, I stay at their feet because I am so ignorant. Uh, uh, and I'm so in love with all of them and so grateful to all of them that my heart just goes to their feet naturally. That my great hope is that I could be like them somehow, someday, you know. That I could bring a whole a whole atmosphere of love into the room where I come into. Um, so when I think of my teachers, like uh, Swami Arun and Swami Vedant, Milarepa, a great social musician, Milarepa, and Swami Chaitanya Sirti and Alma Kunamani. They're markers in my life for how my ego doesn't know anything and I can easily put my ego at their feet. So it's a, it's a feeling of awe, something much greater than myself that I, I, I can feel that I'm surrendering to that. And in one sense, it's a heart motion. At another level, it's an act of courage because, you know, our ego wants to stay in control. Our ego wants to know what's going to happen if I surrender. And and we can't know. So we, we just have to live it out. So um, I think it's that very, very loving, loving teachers in my life have made it possible for me to naturally surrender my heart at their feet because I want what they have. You know, I want to be the, the love that I see in them. And some days I feel it and some days I don't. So that's just part of the human the human being human. Yeah, and, and probably reading Osho and listening to your master, they're they're plucking your instrument to bring you back into reality to what you truly do. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love the way you say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you talked about serenity, and when the ego steps in, do you think it's the it being scared and frightened that that pushes the boundaries to to surrender? Yeah, because you know the ego is so afraid of not being important, and not being valuable, that the ego is so afraid of humiliation and put down. And we are hardwired to have an ego, you know, over however many millions of years, we're hardwired to have this ego as our command control of our our life. And in my case, my experience was that I felt so much love in the presence of Swami Nandarun that 
my friend said yes to surrender. It bypassed my mind. It bypassed my ego. And my heart said a total yes. And so in that way, the ego got tricked. The ego got bumped out of the way for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So it's that's kind of surrender. It's just a deep, deep love. So, so incredibly beautiful. And I, I think that's what's trying to do is be in the air, in the realm and the moment of love, and then the magic happens. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with with the teachers you've you've told and, and explained to us, um, do you do you see yourself equal as equal as them? Oh, I say absolutely not because um, uh, they're just they're just so um, they're so deep they're so knowledgeable they're so aware uh, at the human level yes but at the spiritual level I am is totally at their feet because they've tapped into that inexhaustible divine within and so they're a constant stream of givingness and uh, so I'll always be learning from them. I'll always be learning from them. And in the area of uh, spirituality, do you th- do you think because they start at a young age, or it's just they're able to tap in and out because of the environment that they live in? I think it. Uh, I think it's, it's unique for each person, and it's, it's probably based on past lives and, and the people they were around. there was a hack or a shortcut to get to that level, what do you think it would be? I think it's just to be very, very aware. Be aware of even sipping a cup of tea. Be aware of the person sitting in front of you that this is it right now. This is it. You know, for you and me, this is it right here because we may never talk again. I may never meet in person. So this is it. And I feel spiritually activated when I really get a moment. And um, it's, I mean, like they all say, be here, be here and now, that's it. That's the shortcut. And then we forget that we're here. And then we come back and we remember that we're here. So um, it's tricky. It's very tricky. In, in being aware, is it, um, and in the moment, is it through breath or is it just through awareness? I think they're really connected. Um, and each person's body and physiology is so unique among personality types that I think breath is one pathway to awareness. Um, but there, there are lots of different paths. Just noticing. You know, just noticing with the mind. But it's another path. Seeing, just seeing something, really seeing something. There, there are days when you might just walk by a flower garden and you go, oh, it's a flower garden. And then the next day you might stop and you might commune with that flower. 
and you might realize that your being and the being of that flower are intimately connected in existence and then grace kind of shower down on you and it just depends on where how much we show up in our own present moment is it because of, we're all energy? That's why we're able to connect so well animals and plants and each other miles miles away? Yeah, I think I think we're all, uh, you know, God is one. And then we have all these many facets of God, which are our individual soul. So we're all one in our internal being. So the part of God that's there and talking is a part of God that's and we both know it and so that makes it a very rich rich connection the God in you and the God in me we're going yeah hey oh I understand you yeah wow this is great and then you know locally we have our local egos to manage and then we have our infinite self that's shining through and peeking through that local ego so it's just a dance, a constant dance of awareness that, that I experience. You, you, you just mentioned something very interesting. I am God and you are God and we're talking to each other, but do you think it's connecting in between like a magnet in some way? Connecting how? So uh, connecting like the energy, so like I'm talking to you and you're talking to me and we're both divinely um, energy and God. Do you think what we're communicating is like a magnet um, uh, from your God to my God because we're all intertwinedly connected. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a way of saying it and I, I guess I'm really just saying that there is, there is consciousness and, and so when you have two people that are conscious and about consciousness, the quality of their communication is a connected consciousness. Um, you know, whether we call it energy or consciousness, you know, energy, I associate it more with, um, I don't even know how to talk about energy, there's so many different kinds of energy, but I, I guess I just call it consciousness, the isness. Yeah, that is a cool way to describe it, consciousness. What is your opinion of consciousness? Sorry, what is what? What is, what is your opinion of consciousness? Um, I think it's the... Uh, it's the one animating force of all of life. It's a miracle, it's a, a mystery, and uh, it's just this amazing mystery that we live. I think it's beginningless, I think it's endless, I think it's now, I think it's eternal. Uh, it's beyond time and space, but it, it intersects with time and space. I guess it's our it's creative medium, is how I'll say it. Uh, that's a good way to, to put it. Um, <laughs> it. In trying to uh, go through the mystery of, of, of life to achieve your ultimate goal, whatever you came into this, this earth or this, this planet to achieve, what have you learned, experienced, and taken from this so many years on this planet? I, I would say that, um, I would say that um, we are loved 
by a higher force. We are, uh, I think our mission is to release conditioning put on us by family, society, school, and so forth, so that our instincts of freedom and love can really thrive. Um, I think our, uh, we all have so much work to do to heal our inner violence, our inner badness, shame, anger, rage, disapproval, syndrome, so that we can just be our own Buddha nature, our own essence. And, um, and that's, it's really fun to share that. It's really fun to see people healing from their grief. And it's really fun to see people, especially myself, getting off of my own ego position and, and being real and being natural. And um, I think that's what it's all about. If you if you got an opportunity to chat to Osho or the Divine, what would you guys talk about? Oh, I just oh, that's a really exciting idea. Um, I would say whatever arises. Because when I'm sitting with these beautiful people that I've mentioned, I've noticed in the presence of the divine, all my questions go away. All my questions go away in their presence because their love is so strong that the self me knows that love is the answer. So with Osho, if I could sit with Osho, it would probably be in silence. <laughs> 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 and and uh, it would be a really delightful silence and stillness. But I'm, but I'm hallucinating anyway right now. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, yeah. Priyam, I want to say thank you so much for coming onto the show and, and sharing what you got to share. Thank you, Erin. Thank you so much. And thank you for making this uh, very unique format available to people. You're, you're doing great work, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out Sanseat.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T.com. Join Sanseat Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.